Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek, how are you? Hello. And good evening, listeners. Good evening. You I'm think this is an evening listen? I think a lot of people think, after they finish work, we really want to think, how am I going to spend my two hours of free time in my life? Before I fall asleep to get up again. What am I going to have to look forward to, to uh, as the climax of my day? And it's this. It's pretty much this for most people. Um, it, they just put it on in their living room, maybe on a sort of i i. Phone dock. Which they're not like, like in in Africa. A lot of families gather round. I mean, this is going to sound a bit racist and dated. Oh, really? To, the, to, to the, the, the the one wireless they've got in the village, right? Yes. And they listen to it. Yeah. And they talk about it all week and films that, that we. Um, I mean, I think about. some parts of Wales, it's exactly the same. No, they don't have that in Wales. <laughs> they just have trans. Someone transcribes it. And they put it right in mud on the on the writing wall. And then the local priest uh, just reads it out every for su- everyone. every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. Well, so uh, the the podcast is growing. Is basically what we're saying. Or oh, shrinking. Not shrinking. Uh, well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we could click the statistics tab, and then we'd know exactly how many people oh, listen to this. Oh. But you know what, Marikai. I really can't be bothered. I have looked at recent, well, a few weeks ago. Okay. And amazingly, we managed to just stay roughly the same. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, so we managed to appeal to as many people as we put off. Or maybe... Because it might be a completely different... Maybe a thousand new people each week listen to it and think, oh, I'm not listening to that shit again. And a, and a thousand, a thousand uh, regular listeners disappear at the same time yeah. and just rotates like that. Well, who cares? Who, indeed cares i should say uh, before we start we are sponsored by herfilmproject.com uh, who are an organization that help promote diverse voices in cinema so if you uh, would like to get your film uh, sponsored or would like some help doing it or whatever you want to do just you're interested in this cause then go to herfilmproject.com if you're or, completely normal then then maybe, maybe take an interest in other people yeah or do something to make yourself less normal. Like uh, cut your arm off. Do one of your ears, probably. Yeah, one of your ears. That'll do it. Won't yeah. it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a pig tattoo on your face. Can you still hear if you cut your ear off? Because it's called. It's just a shape around your ear, isn't it? Yes, I think the actual shape is made to attract um, bees. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's almost like a. You know, when you old people have those things, they stick in their ear, and that the tubes, the hearing. What they're oh called. yeah, yeah. What a funnel. Yeah, it's a bit like a funnel, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, a friend of mine's dad 
used to work at the, maybe still does, at the University of York and had a microphone that was a moulded human head with a perfect rendition of an ear so you could get the closest sound that a human hears. So it was a microphone inside a human ear and uh, the head was called Frank after Frank Zappa. There you go. Little 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 uh, window into the past oh, for you there. It's nice. It's nice, isn't it? Right. We're going to talk about films uh, today, uh, as we always do every week. Um, and I have been to the cinema this time, Merrick. Yes? I've been to the cinema to see a huge film. In fact, I went to see it in IMAX. Really? IMAX plus laser. What's plus laser? I haven't a clue. Still don't know. <laughs> but I enjoyed the Did fact. you notice any lasers? There's one laser beam across the screen. Really annoying the entire time. No, plus laser. Do you pay more for them writing laser on the ticket? Yeah, I think you have to pay for the extra ink. Yeah, plus laser. This one's plus laser, so that's never eight pounds. <laughs> what does laser do? Just a guy. Just a guy. His name's Laser. His name is Lawrence Azer. <laughs> and he's in the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it wasn't actually the BFI IMAX, which. If anyone's ever been to the BFI IMAX in London, uh, the British Film Institute, there's a proper g- uh, nerdy guy who's clearly far too overqualified for his job, um, who gets get, he's in a spotlight at the beginning of a presentation with a microphone. He's like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the BFI IMAX, the largest cinema in Northern Europe, or whatever he says. And he does this whole speech. I went to the IMAX uh, that is in the same building as a casino on Leicester Square. <laughs> And oh right, okay. I didn't know that. This clearly a uh, very underpaid man comes out at the beginning into a spotlight, just goes, uh, "Welcome to the IMAX. You exit so there, enjoy the film, and leaves." Probably the projectionist they make him yeah, go and yeah. do it, and then he has to run round to start the film. Yeah. Um, Imagine anyway, that all your life thinking I'll be a projectionist, I'll be able to sit in a dark room. And I won't have to go and, and watch to films anyone. like I'm doing anyway. Yeah, and then perfect some, job. And then some prick comes along and says. Listen, Gavin, I'm afraid we're not... There isn't enough budget. We need someone to tell people the exits are. And then his perfect job's turned into a horror. The horror. Every day he has to stand up in front of a thousand or so people. Well, people say that cinema is under threat, but, Marek, there were seven people in that IMAX screen, so they must oh, be raking it in. Yeah, but that's why they're putting extra laser on. Exactly. Just right laser and another ten pounds. How much were the tickets for that, man? Twenty quid. Twenty pounds. And what? Did At you least get- it was in two D, so I got that value for money. What did you go and see? I went to see Fast and Furious Eight. Now, I would like to point out, I have never seen a Fast and Furious film. There are eight of them now. Why did you go? Was it the really inclement weather outside, and you thought, "Where can I go for two hours?" You know what? I looked at what was on at the cinema, and there was nothing that it was actually the specific time. There was nothing on at the specific time I had free to go and see something. So wandered round of quite a few cinemas, you know, and ended up going. You know what? I because there are eight of these, and I've uh, I'm not. I, I haven't a clue other than, you know, it's got Vin Diesel and The Rock and it's about cars. I'm, you know, I've not seen these. Yeah. It might be quite interesting to come in at the eighth one and see what the hell's going I've on. I've seen the trailer for it, because I had to do some work where I had yeah. to watch a trailer for it. And it just seems that by number eight, they're probably having to think of really weird stuff to do with cars. Yeah. Like uh, driving up at people's asses. Well, you're not like wrong. That. You're not wrong. Well, you're wrong there. I mean, that's not what they do. I mean, that's inner space, isn't it? I mean, they... They that would be good. Inner space meets Fast and Furious. You could call it uh, micro machines. 
Yeah, or bum cars. Or bum cars, yeah, you're, or bum cars. So, uh, Inner Space 2, bum cars. Well, be, I'd watch that. Or Inner Space 2, colon cars. God, I mean, that's you, clever, you need really strong windscreen wipers. <laughs> really strong. And some hella tyres on Yeah. You. Yeah, slippery. It'd be really slippery. Just those windscreen... Oh, God. And just make sure you've closed that window. Mm-hmm. Extra, extra rubber bits around the window, sealing, sealant, extra sealant. Yeah, yeah. But that'll be, a second, a, that'll be a second one, extra sealant. You could call it. <laughs> Go on, let's so, talk about it. Fast and Furious Eight. Um, this is, uh, I mean, the story. Do I need to tell you? I mean, does it, do you have to? Does it reference the other story? It references a lot. I mean. None of it's very deep, so I could I could you know pick up what was happening or guess what had happened in the past. Yeah. And, um, it, but it's about this guy Dom and his crew, who seem to be sort of international criminals. But everything they do involves driving fast in cars. It's Dom Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yes. And then there's his wife, played by Michelle Rodriguez, who is. Uh, I thought that was his sister from the trailer. No, that's his wife. Um, and then, seemingly his his best friend or you know other super guy in the troop Hobbs, played by The Rock. I've just told you, I've just typed in Fast and Furious in IMDb, and it's already come up with Fast and Furious Nine, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, Fast and Furious Ten, two thousand and twenty one. Yeah, they're huge. Okay, basically, if I can try and explain what Fast and Furious film is, try and imagine either. Uh, Team America World Police done with human beings mm. or a really really well crafted version of uh, a, a child playing on the, a carpet with some toy cars and some action figures like it is pure childish just imagination of and then we go and we rob the bank by going brum, 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 like it, but I have to give give it credit. It is done so well. You just buy into it because it knows exactly what it is. There isn't a drop of pretension in it. It's like a live action film of WWE wrestling. So there's uh, fighty bits, and then in between, really quite sort of sentimentalism of guys going. We were family, and then you betrayed that family, and there's nothing more important than family. Let's drive. Do, 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 do. And that was stunts really good, though. Or? Brilliant, brilliant. You know, and th- that's the problem with many action things is they jump too fast, and they're giving they're giving it this um, false pace when you can't actually tell the choreography of what's happening. These are brilliantly shot. Really, really fun. And I have to say, uh, Jason Statham, who I believe played the baddie in a previous one, and in this one he's forced into working with them when Kurt Russell tells him to. Kurt Russell's in it. Kurt Russell's in it. And Statham's mum, who is a kind of uh, Barbara Windsor-style Cockney gangster, is played by Helen Mirren. Like, it's got everyone in this. Um, Anyway. I'm just looking at the budget while you're talking about it. Yeah, there is a sequence at the end uh, where... Uh, and it's not spoilers guys because who honestly cares Uh, but where Jason Statham has to take on an entire plane of bad guys on his own with a a gun whilst rescuing a baby so he's holding a baby carrier the entire time he's doing this fight sequence and whenever he's cleared a room puts it down to make sure the baby's still smiling away 
it is brilliant cinema. Yeah. That that bit specifically is just like, this is fucking brilliant. It reminds me of Hard Boiled, but yeah. with a better sense of humour. Like, there are bits of this that are so enjoyable from a just a, you know, it's cars and da- daftness. Like, it is so heightened and strange. The very idea that you could have a team of international criminals who somehow driving cars is all they ever seem to do. Like, they never... <laughs> Never kill anyone or break into anything or do it, you know, just, just driving. And, and um, you're going to go back to Fast and Furious 9, it sounds like. Well, probably. Whether I'll go back to 1 through 7, I don't know. Charlie's Theron is the baddie as well. Did it help being in a bit IMAX screen? I mean, was that, uh, did that really, is that the way to watch it? Well, that was the thing I was worrying about, was that it would be far too many jump cuts and the IMAX makes that even worse because you can't, you know, you're sort of just taking in the screen rather than looking at the specific bit of it all the time and um, no it, it made it was great it worked very well mm. it worked very well and I think there was talk of a spin-off with Charlize Theron's baddie and uh, was it The Rock or Jason Statham anyway I don't know but um, it's all it's completely daft fun turn your brain off 100% like everyone has their one thing that's important to them and they talk about it a lot Guess uh, guess what the budget was? Oh my god, I, I haven't even a clue. Two hundred and fifty million. I can't even exactly remember. Exactly right. What. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's grossed. We got almost a hundred million on its opening weekend, and it's currently grossed one hundred and sixty-three million. So we'll probably make that one down. Yeah. 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 Wow. Also, there was a there was a touching tribute to Paul Walker. He uh, died in the previous one, didn't he? Yeah, he died uh, making the previous one, uh, but I believe had been in all of them. Yeah. So that's you know that's seven films, which is probably fourteen years of their lives together. So that's it's you know quite significant. But uh, no, it's an entire cultural phenomenon that had passed me by. And if you if you want to know everything about American culture in terms of the. American pop culture, where they currently are. Yeah, see this film. It is, you know, it's got it. It's got a refreshing. Uh, they don't use guns as much as they would have done in the eighties. Yeah. There's still a love of guns, but there is more a love of cars than guns in this. Yeah. There's um, very much. It's about family and friendship and there's a very superficial layer of Christianity but the Christianity's sort of going but it's there but it doesn't really matter um, a real fear of technology <laughs> and uh, the Russians and the Cold War coming back and oh, all, you know good. it's all you know just go to Fast and Furious 8 and you go oh yeah there's America in liquid form it's liquid America this film when do you think and this is for listeners at home or on their travel journeys when do you think the first Fast and Furious film came out? Oh, shit. Uh, 2004? 2001. No. So this is a good job to get. 16 years. 2001. Sit, and you get to sit down for most of it. Stunt drivers do all the driving. Yeah. If you're Vin Diesel, you just go, Oh, morning, Vin. Uh, you sleep alright yeah 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 alright well get into your really comfy chair in that Lamborghini and we'll just go through some of the lines <laughs> and there's literally 10 films uh, work all the way through to um, 2021 I need to get in that I need to get in some sort of car film sorry that's me my bad yeah. right well there's clearly an enormous ensemble cast and they keep they do cameos of people from previous films and stuff I was like okay didn't get what was happening there but fine how many Davies did you give it I think I'd give it 
hmm, I enjoyed it. It is not trying to be anything it isn't. You know, I, I think it's a, it's probably a seven. It's that is just cars driving around. It's weirdly fun. Well, <laughs> thanks to that remark, Fast and Furious A is going to make another hundred million pounds. Yeah, I mean, after the film Fandango endorsement. Once you've seen the opening sequence in Cuba, you go, okay, I get this. It is complete gibberish. My favourite thing Vin Diesel says is one of the first lines he has, and he says to this. Uh, Cuban gangster who is uh, trying to steal his cousin's car off him because he owes him money. He says, "It doesn't matter what's under the bonnet; it's who's behind the wheel that counts." He's just like, I'm pretty sure that's not true, but fine, yes. let's go. Vin Diesel could get into any car and beat any other car in a race. They should just do all one rubbish cars. Oh, that's they? the beginning. They've probably done that. That's oh, the beginning. Is it? Okay, all yeah. right. He gets in a clapped-out old banger and tries to beat a, uh, a in a street race. It's already been all been done. They're going to really run out of ideas. Yeah. Um, here we go, man. I think it's time for this. I mean, we've got we've got a lot of worse film letters. I must confess that I, I've not kept track of the emails properly. Right. So if we have forgotten to read your email out, please forgive us or send it through. But it's the admin area of Film Fandango is really... We've had to sack our staff. They're, they've been very, very poor at it. Here's one from Dave Shaw. Subject, films. Good start. Good start. Hello, Merritt, David and Buddy. Last week, you, or probably a few weeks ago, um, you were asked about films you like because of the subject matter that other people might find a bit poo. I'd like to propose a film for you to watch that fits into the category for me as a way of testing whether or not it is poo or excellent, as I see it. I think I may have emailed this about this a few weeks ago when I was drunk, but honestly, I'm not sure if I dreamt it or not. <laughs> Immediately, I trust Dave whatever his opinion is um, the film is called Premature I think we have talked this before and came out in 2014 it has Craig Roberts and Alan Tudyk in it and if you don't know anything about it really it's probably best not to do any research beforehand uh, which is possibly the only link between it and Dear Zachary hope you enjoy it much love Dave so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that um, also, I, I'm a big fan of Alan Tudyk he's a very uh, funny talented man does a lot of voiceover stuff He's very he's good in that. What, what those two, Bill and Bob, do the, the murder one, the psychopath, and they accidentally kill all those kids. Oh, um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's it, not Bill and Bob. Not Bill and Bob. He's also the uh, comedy robot in Rogue One. Oh, okay. Um, here is a letter from friend of the show. Oh, well, we missed this, Michael. You just sent this in just after we recorded the worst films. Yes. But here. Is Michael Legg's opinion on the worst film ever made? Michael Legg says, Dear David and Marek, I'm delighted that you're doing a worst ever film special. It gives me a chance to write in with two films that I doubt anyone else will choose, but which are definitely absolutely embarrassingly awful. Please read this out in the accent of a man born and raised in Northern Ireland, but has clearly lived in London for a long time. (laughs) 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 Uh, Can you do a Michael Legg impression? No, my Northern Irish is, is... not even close. Mine's just really racist. Right. No, that's quite good. That's it, isn't it? Just yeah. make those sounds. That's it. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's racist. Right. 
Uh, firstly, Marek, you are wrong. Whiplash is the worst fucking film ever made. It is awful. There are no likeable characters. The writer-director has clearly made this bullshit as a wank fantasy about himself. There's a woman in it, but they totally forget she exists about a third of the way through. It is so embarrassingly pretentious that I want to shit out my own skeleton. And as for metaphors, Jesus wept... Whiplash is amazing. There's blood, sweat and tears on the drums. Oh, as a metaphor? No, it's actual blood, sweat and tears, just in case you're too thick to fucking get it. Pigging fucking awful. David, you are wrong. Shame is the worst fucking film ever. Where do we even begin? Ooh, ooh, he's a sex addict. How do we know? Because he has a wank at work. Wow, what a deviant. Well, I'm pretty sure that is deviant. But but surely a sex addict will make for a boring character. Don't worry, Fassbender makes him very layered. Look, when he gets home after having one wank, he puts on classical music on vinyl and then has an argument with his naked sister. Fucking hell. Then he takes a woman out for dinner. Honestly, he's sex mad. During the dinner scene, the waiter actually tells us, the viewers, what the restaurant specials are that evening. <laughs> that ended up in the final film. Then he pours the loudest bottle of wine you've ever heard, which kept me laughing for the rest of the film. Then Sally Sparrow from Doctor Who sings for ten minutes. Absolute dog shit. I love your podcast. Keep watching some of the films. Well, no, I mean, they're all true points. I mean, I had similar feelings um, to Michael about Whiplash. I still enjoyed it, kind of, but for me, it was a sports film written by someone who knows nothing about music. That's the thing. It, it, it bared no resemblance to any of my experiences with musicians or music or anything like that. It, it just seemed total lies. That, that doesn't matter, I suppose. I, I enjoyed... Um, what's his name? Uh... uh <laughs> The uh, the young lad who's since been in Fantastic not, Four and not him so much as oh, uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. <clears throat> I wanted to call him J. Jonah Jameson, and I was like, nope, that's his character he plays in Spider Man. Um, but yeah, no. I should respond to that. I, I rewatched Whiplash about two or three weeks ago, and I still loved it. Right. I think mean, yeah, the performances are brilliant. They're really over the top. J.K. Simmons is a great villain. And it's just enjoyable every time he comes on screen. The soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Mm. I loved it. And the fact they're making a whole drum sequence just at the action finale. The finale is incredible. I do agree, the sort of crash thing, it does get oh, a it's bit very, too it's very good. Um, it's very good storytelling, I think. I, I think, think it's way... And I don't think... I, I love the fact that Miles Teller... Uh, is unlikable and has and puts music before his relationship and that's what you have to do to be a real to be successful something is that cold and I he was done in 17 days what can you do in 17 days Michael Legg you try and shoot a film and then let's all criticise that well let's see if that gets up for the Oscars and then you can go and do a shit in your own mouth (laughs) what do you think about that well I think I think you know uh, I think it proves Whiplash uh, divides people a bit. Well, I don't know what happened to me then. <laughs> no, no. Well, put your clothes back on and I we'll forgot, carry on. I forgot. I forgot. There's milk everywhere. Everywhere. Where, where's this milk come from? Um, are you going? I really like Shame as well. I enjoyed Shame at the time. Um, I see Michael's point that perhaps being again, maybe it's a, a you know being a sex addict is slightly different to how it was presented in that. I th- I oh. think what I've learned from that email is that Michael Legg has clearly had a wank at work which is worrying because he is a stand up comedian <laughs> okay. yeah yeah 
Well, shall we crack on with... Um, there's a letter which relates to the film. As usual, we've been picking your recommendations. And this letter came in from Ben Evans. I shall read it out now. Evans. Hi, American David. I recently watched James Bond, the Craig David Daniel Craig years, <laughs> and quite enjoyed, quite enjoyed them. Skyfall uh, I read this wrong so when looking on Netflix I saw Kingsman The Secret Service I thought I might like this too thinking from the title it would be in a similar vein bear in mind I also like Luc Besson films uh, when I say oh my god this was so good how have I never heard of this I'm really it's really bad as usual it's rather a confusing film as it gives quite a big nod to James Bond but appears to be more like Harry Potter's kids film but with extreme violence I'm very confused to who it was aimed at the violence scenes are conf- quite confusingly clever they're ultra violent but made to look slightly CGI so they won't look nasty they're fast slick a bit Guy Ritchie but very watchable a similar thing happened to that man in that bit in Bone Tomahawk but in Kingsman I happily watch it and think haha that's nicely done the cast is pretty amazing too the storyline is kind of what you want from a Harry Bond James Potter film it has a bit of everything in it a few twists a few Game of Thrones moments attack the block style character growth and even a bit of zombie action for good me- measure it's it's bonkers clever and I love it watch you haven't already 9 out of 10 bends keep watching the films yes so Kingsman The Secret Service um, it came out in 2014 I I saw it back then and uh, to make sense a bit of what Ben was saying there it's a Matthew Vaughan film so you may know the director Matthew Vaughan who did Kick-Ass and also Stardust, which I thought was excellent as well. And he did X-Men First Class as well. So he's got a real uh, eye for action and comedy and also heightened worlds and making it just fun, just filling the screen with fun, really. So, And there's a sequel to Kingsman The Secret Service coming out, I think, later this year, called Kingsman The they Golden just Circle. just released the trailer, yeah. Yeah. But what did you think of this? First well, one? I was put off... As a regular cinema goer, they trailered the shit out of this about last year or the year before. I can't remember. It was always on, and I thought, I do not. This film is not for me because I really hate that hero. I really hate sort of that whole. It's quite superhero. I don't like. The, I don't like the idea of the gangsters. Everyone speaking like this, and then it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something. There's something cool about being quite violent and aggressive. And I, I don't hadn't like that in Welcome to the Punch. You know those yeah, yeah. films really put me off. So I avoided this like the plague. But then I was working in the fields, chopping down trees with my little brother. Sure. <laughs> and we wanted to watch something that was you know. Not, yeah, I thought, yeah. Just give this a try. And after the letter came in, and I really enjoyed it. It's fun, isn't it? I, I was really surprised because I came. I th- the way this was, I thought this is not much as aimed at sort of fourteen, fifteen year olds, but. Colin Firth is great. Colin isn't it? Firth, so much fun. It's got um, the, all of the supporting Michael Caine, cast. Michael Caine, Ma- Michael Caine, sort of the the head of MI six uh, or whatever it is. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is weirdly doing a different character as well, the villain. His different character is basically Samuel Jackson, but with a lisp. Like yeah, lisp. a different character in the way that sketch comedians like us would do a different character. Just put the lisp on it lisp and then yeah. completely and put the cap on. Yeah. Put on a hat. Mark Strong, uh, I said Mark Hamill's in it. Mark Hamill's in it. It was one of the first sort of major films where we got to see Mark Hamill again before Star Wars geared up. Um, It's, uh, it's, there's one action sequence that is shot so beautifully. 
in the in the church, the, the, the one the, in the Westboro Baptist Church equivalent. I mean, uh, the ultra violent scenes are done, uh, and I'm not an action fan. I really enjoyed the Equalizer where they did it. Yeah, and this was done like you said in the Fast and the Furious when it's done well. And I think recently, a lot of years, it's been rushed, and they almost try and trick you into thinking this is an action film by doing loads of quick cutaways, so you can't follow it, so you I, feel confused. I, I think. Uh, the film Gladiator has a lot to answer for which I believe came out in 2000 because Gladiator was I I think a a good film a very good film but it popularised a form of uh, close in quick cutting plus shaky cam of uh, violence so that you really got a sense that you were in amongst the the throng of it, and you you couldn't quite tell what was going on, and it's very uh, it's very hard to watch, and you sort of you go, ah, but everyone kind of copied that, yeah. And now just just seeing people who are fucking good at doing their jobs, you know, stunt performers or whatever, just doing some, you know. Well, I think the raid influenced that. I think yeah. that was a big thing of we're back doing... again to something more interesting. Yeah, and, and using slow people use slow mo, and this feels like it's a, half a bit like the raid. A bit like I thought Sin City was very good. The cart this feels a bit cartoony mm. and it's quite heightened. So well, that's Matthew Vaughan. That's yeah, so you don't you don't style. mind you don't mind there being extreme violent things. Exactly, because it's tongue in cheek. It's very much like a comic book movie, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it is all tongue in cheek. I mean, the the entire existence of this sort of shadowy organisation who puts above all uh, else dressing well. You know, it's like it's ridiculous. It it's. It's knowingly uh, playing on British culture. Yeah, you know, if it was like what Bond, if Bond had gone the Roger Moore way and gone camp- alternate alternate gone reality, yeah, camper and camper, yeah, and sort of Bond towards carry on, but not that crass. Yeah, yeah. This feels that that's this is the way Bond has gone. Whereas now Bond's become quite dull and quite. Uh, Irrelevant as yeah, well. Yeah, navel gazing a bit, and just you don't want to see that. You want to see the action, like in this film. So I, I've en- I enjoyed this much more than I enjoyed recent Bond films. Yeah, there is really one line people talk about it a lot because it it jars. There is one line of dialogue at the end where it's uh, everyone who was enjoying it just went, "You what?" With the, oh. girl, with the, with the princess, yeah, with the princess in the cell, it's just totally, totally out of nowhere and unnecessary and kind of horrible. Um, but, and that that actually dominated people's uh, timelines oh, talking really? about yeah because people were like I enjoyed this film but I'm sort of right at the end I don't I don't want to tell you to go see it because it it was horrible yeah it, 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 it's not funny and you think what and it just sort of is a thing that maybe a 13 year old boy would, would, think would well also it's uh, it's uh, an incredible betrayal of the for all that you know it's paper thin but the, the betrayal of that female character because she was someone with a brain and uh, in yeah, earlier yeah. scenes and now she's been reduced to this sort of wank fantasy and also about 20 years older than uh, yeah. Eggsy Eggsy ter- who is played by the same guy who played um, Eddie the Eagle Eddie the Eagle not very well but oh. he plays this much better I think yeah um, Mark Strong's in it as well as Merlin. I think he's very good being Scottish. Yeah, Taran, he's fun. Taron Egerton plays yeah, Egerton. Plays um, uh, Eggsy. Well, yeah, the the sequel looks fun. Um, they, uh, it's yeah, sort of most of their main cast are coming back, and yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like Matthew Vaughan films. You know, have you seen Stardust? Yeah, I thought it was all right. Ricky Gervais just really annoyed me in it. Oh yeah, it was around that time when um, Ricky Gervais was trying to make it in cameos in other in bigger films, and uh, Robert De Niro was still doing comedy. 
and yeah, so those bits are a bit glaring, but it's fine. I I really enjoyed it. I think it's an excellent film. You know, this was good. I'm going to give this eight Marricks because I was so surprised. Well, you, you might also be pleased, Marrick, that although it's a remake, um, Matthew Vaughan is rumoured to be directing a Flash Gordon film. I don't know. I'm really worried about them remaking that. Well, because the thing is, though, with so Flash Gordon... Great. It was so perfect. It was, but it, it still will be. There's an entire world that you could do in utterly differently, couldn't you? But everything wrong with Flash Gordon... Is what makes it right. Yes. <laughs> right, I was just thinking just then about the appalling costumes of the lizard men in Ming's uh, court. Do you remember them? Who seem to have a face inside their mouth. Yes, yeah, they're great. Rubbish, but brilliant. Yeah, yeah. All the costumes were great, yeah, and really, and just the high, the colouring of it. I can just feel when I think of Flash Gordon that just red, vibrant colours. But you know, it's so, it's so, such a wrong decision. It would never be made these days to make it that that heightened and ridiculous. It makes it alien. So when you look at it, you go, I can't even relate to this place. It's so garish. Why have they done it? But it makes it alien. I think that's what's good about it. Anyway, anyway, I like like Matthew Vaughan films. Well, that's about it. That's about it for this week. Um, If you'd like to write in, then please go to filmfandango.com and you can fill out the form there. Um, And we will read your email out on the programme. Um, also, we do all of this uh, for free. So if you'd like to thank us or help us with our running costs, then again, go to filmfandango.com and click the donate button. Everyone who has, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Keep watching the films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.